You're listening to Outside by Design, a podcast about the business of creativity in the outdoor industry. This podcast is brought to you by Wheelie, a creative agency for people who thrive outside. We help connect people with themselves, each other, and the natural world through communication and creative work that makes people feel feelings and take action. Basically, we're all about making marketing that matters. This is our podcast about leveling up yourself, your brand, and your community through powerful creative work. Hello, podcast friends. This is Iris from Wheelie back with another episode of Outside by Design. Hope you all are doing well and enjoying the summer that seems to be just flying by. Today on the show, we are joined by the incredible Grichel Fall is Gone. She is an outdoor and adventure photographer based out of Portland, Oregon, and she also used to be a graphic designer and is well-versed in portrait and studio photography as well. So Grichelle has an amazing eye. You should view her work by checking out those show notes. And she joins us to talk about what makes a great photo, uh, her purpose in being a photographer, how she discovered athletics, and her inner athlete that she didn't know was there, and the side of photography that people don't talk about as much, the less sexy side of photography. So Grichelle is an incredibly talented photographer and overall just a very fun person, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, Grichelle, thank you so much for being here on the podcast today, and uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to talking to you all week. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. Um, I've never done a podcast before, so I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. It's... uh... It's pretty fun. It's very low pressure, and I think our audience is highly supportive. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first question we ask everyone is to describe where you are in the world and what you are looking at. I am in my home studio right now, um, looking at the tree in front of my house. Uh, I think it's called a peanut tree. Uh, I'm not sure because it smells like like peanut butter. But there, it's not a. It doesn't grow peanuts or anything. And then behind that are like the houses across the street. So it's a nice sunny day, blue skies. Um, yeah, summer in Portland. Nice. I am sitting in our conference room in Whitefish, Montana, and there is construction going on across the street. And uh, of course, like as soon as I sit down to record a podcast, the guy picks up a hammer over there. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so hopefully it's not too loud. But no, Actually, I can't hear it, so you're good. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so you, I'm excited to talk to you because you are a photographer, um, and you work in bike a lot, and your work is incredibly bright. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you about photography. Cool. Yay. <laughs> so let's just start with the story of you. How did you end up, uh, where, where are you from, um, and how did you end up? as a photographer in Portland? Um, So I grew up in Stockton, California, and I moved to San Francisco around, like, I was, like, around 23. It was just, like, one of those things where I just, I had to get out of my hometown because I knew I wasn't, like, going to go anywhere if I stayed. Um, um, So that's where I grew up, and that's where, and San Francisco is where I lived for a very long time before I moved to Portland. Um. In terms of photography, I've always been, like, as a little kid, I always had, like, a point-and-shoot camera, 
um, like a disposable camera or just like some, you know, just cheap little film camera. And I was always documenting everything around me. So I, you know, it was just something fun that I did and I loved. So in high school, I wanted to be a photographer and I had looked into like going to colleges, um, focusing on photography. But after like really thinking about it, I was like, I don't think this is going to work. Like, how do I like, how am I going to make money as a photographer? Like, and at the time I didn't really know, like, anyone in my community who did that so like the idea of becoming a a photographer and like making a living out of it like just didn't seem attainable um so then around that time I discovered the concept of graphic design and I was like oh this sounds cool like it's it's creative I get to still like work with photos and layout and all these things um it'll be great um so I became a graphic designer and did that for a really really long time and and while I did that, I was still shooting photos. Um, I, you know, for fun. And then like on the side, a lot of the places that I worked at as a graphic designer, they were like, oh, you know how to shoot photos? Like, can you take pictures for us? So like, I was, I was still like, still creating images, even though like I was a graphic designer. Um, and I don't know, a few years ago, like I just wasn't happy being a graphic designer. Um, and so I just decided maybe it's time for me to like, pursue photography I had already been kind of doing it on the side and freelancing maybe there's a chance so um yeah shortly after we moved my husband and I moved to Portland Oregon um I was working at this like little tiny design agency and I don't know after a year or two being there I was like no I gotta just like pursue this thing that I love and yeah here I am today (laughs) that's kind of the quick gist of it (laughs) I I think your work is so unique. Um, I love your photography. So I see a big delineation in your work between kind of action photos and portrait photography. And so mm-hmm. um, maybe we'll hit, tackle each of these separately. But in your mind, what makes a great photo? Oh, um, definitely the person who's in it. Um, so that's like, like, one aspect but then also like the lighting and the story that's happening and you know I tend to like I don't know I I gravitate towards like bright colors for some reason even though I typically wear a lot of black but I love color and so even like if I'm out in the woods or somewhere like in nature I just try to like have as much color as possible if that makes any sense I don't know it's just like person and like color for some reason I mean, you have some landscape photography on your website, but I—it's yeah. largely still humans and nature. Yeah, I'm like when I when I was, you know, in the beginning stages of pursuing photography. You know, you, I was like taking these, these like business classes, and it's like, what's your goal? What do you want to do? All this stuff, and like one of my big goals with photography was like what I wanted to photograph was people, specifically women and women of color getting rad in the outdoors. So if I can, I just want to showcase, like, especially women of color having fun and just getting rad outside because like, that's who I am. And like, I just kind of want to spread that joy to other people too. Um, And so, yeah, I kind of just kind of focus on that, I guess. And I know that with cycling, it can be like tough and hard. And I think it's important to like document those images too, but like, but number one, I just want to like make adventuring, especially like cycling, like, I guess 
approachable and it doesn't have to be like super gnarly and race based and like a struggle. It could just be like going out in the woods and having fun on your bicycle or like, you know, or walking or hiking or whatever. Yes. I love the opening image on your website of the woman with the touring bike and she's like doing the Superman move. Yeah. Yeah. That's my friend Rie. <laughs> she looks fun. Yeah. She's totally fun. <laughs> I think she's my friend. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're definitely accomplishing that mission of people having fun outside. Yeah. Um, capturing that and what that looks like to everyone. And um I love that your your work focuses on women of color, and uh, why is that important to you? Um, so I'm Filipina, and like growing up, I never saw myself in anything like from media, like television, magazines, um, fashion, and then when I got into sports, I def or specifically bicycles, um, I definitely didn't see myself in it. So. I understand why representation matters. And so like, it's just so important to like, for me, it's just so important for me to showcase like all sorts of different people having fun because I know what it's like to not see yourself. And I want other people to see themselves and say, Hey, that girl looks like me. Like I want to do that too. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and brands are receptive to that more than ever. Yeah you know, um, which I'm loving. And okay. So like my agency is called wheelie. So mm-hmm. obviously we've got a thing for bikes over here. Um, I'm very, very excited to kind of talk to you. Like what, what is it for you about bicycles that resonates? Yeah. So, okay. I didn't grow up athletic at all and I had always struggled with fitness and like being active and um, when I started riding, when I started riding a bike in San Francisco as a way to commute, everything just changed. It, like, I don't know, there there was just something. I hate saying this, but there was something kind of magical about riding a bike to and fro, and especially in a place like San Francisco that's like super hilly. Like, it can look really intimidating, but then once you just start pedaling uphill, like, I just felt like I can do anything from there. Um, and like, you know riding a bike is way faster than walking and it's faster than public transportation, especially like in a big city like San Francisco. Um, and so, yeah, just being able to pedal around and get myself to and fro, um, I don't know, just really changed everything. And then once I transitioned from like commuter to sort of like, you know, the sporty cyclist or whatever, um, that like, I just discovered this whole other person in me that I didn't know existed, like the sort of like inner athlete. And like, it was just so cool. I I just started like, you know, doing all these long road rides and then started climbing all these like these big mountains and hills. And it was like, wow, like I just like, you know, when you're looking at this like mountain from afar, it's like, oh, that looks so huge. But then you just start pedaling it, pedaling it and you get to the top and you're like, holy crap, I just like pedaled up this mountain. And like, now I feel like I could do anything. Um, and I don't know. It just feels different when you do it on a bike as opposed to like hiking, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah. And like, so with bikes, I just like, I gained a lot of confidence um, from like cycling. I absolutely love what you said about like the inner athlete that you didn't know existed. Yeah. 
What, uh, like, how did you know? Like, when did you first start seeing that version of yourself kind of popping through? I think when I started, started doing, um, like when I started getting interested in doing long bike rides and wearing Lycra, Mm -hmm. (laughs) cause I used to see those people. I'm like, Oh, that's never going to be me. And then I started doing it. I'm like, Oh, here I am wearing like spandex and like, I'm out there like, you know, um, out in the headlands, Marine headlands, which is like across in it's in San Francisco. Um, there I am like riding up Hawk Hill, um, in spandex on a bicycle. And I'm like, Oh, does this mean I'm an athlete now? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. It was, it was was an interesting transition. And then like, I got into like racing cycle cross and I started training and it was just like, yeah, it was just totally, totally different. Like 15 year old me would have never imagined that at all. And then you're like, caring what you eat when you're training and drinking water all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And like another funny thing too, is that when I started doing that, um, like becoming like, you know, a quote unquote cyclist, um, I, you know, I used to see these images of mountain biking. I'm like, Oh, that's totally not going to be me. There's like no way to ever be mountain biking. And there's no way I'd ever wear baggies. And like, like 10 years later, here I am mountain biking, wearing baggies. So it all like just evolves. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And, and you shoot for Specialized, right? Didn't you just do a project with them? Um, yeah, I got to photograph their Diverge um, back in early March, right before uh, lockdown happened. Um, and that was that was super fun. They wanted a p like a like a a typical or no, I'm sorry. They wanted a classic like Pacific Northwest adventure gravel adventure and they got it like we got rain we got snow we got sunshine we had like all the elements um so totally different than like you know what you would see in california Mm -hmm. do you do much studio work with bicycles Mm, not yet but i've started doing i might be working with a um with a an apparel brand doing studio work for them Nice. Which I'm excited about. So. <laughs> I think studio work is hard. Yeah, it's it can be challenging, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I like it. I, I, I like playing with lights and color. and um, It can be a little more detail-oriented when, like, especially when you're trying to, like, make sh- making sure, like, the zipper looks the right way or the sleeve is, like, perfectly, like, you know, there's, like, more... Um, I feel like way more details that go into it than like adventure work, but I don't know. I kind of, I like having a balance of both. Yeah. And so how is that different than your adventure gear? Like what, you know, do you enjoy dragging all your bike? Do you enjoy dragging all your camera gear around and kind of what's your setup for taking cameras out on bikes? Oh yeah. Um, so for cycling or for shooting photos while on the bike, um, yeah, I have a whole, like, I've got it all dialed down, um, or dialed in, I should say. Um, it took me a while. But um, when I am, if I'm specifically photographing an adventure on bicycle, like a bikepacking adventure or, like, a one-day gravel shoot or whatever, like, I use a Fuji X-T2 and have, like, a couple lenses and, like, just, like, the, like, essential like sort of like camera accessories like 
you know, it's light. The food, I love shooting with the Fuji because it's like super lightweight and small and it fits perfectly like on my handlebar bag. And then like I have like a giant uh, uh, hip pack from Osprey that like I'll carry like uh, a tele lens in and then other like small camera accessories. So you end up getting really strong, like dragging all your shit around. Yeah. And totally. like kind of trying to run lean and, um, you know, still have the right tools for the job. Yeah. I've got, yeah, I have a couple different setups, but that, um, using the Fuji gear for specifically while photographing, well, specifically while riding a bike and photographing, um, that's what I use. Here's, here's kind of like a, like a fun, more, more heady question for you. Um, so wheelie kind of stands for the concept of doing a wheelie and leveling up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have you on here talking about level two, which is level up your brand. So how do you bring intention into your brand work to help level up the brands you work with? Ooh. So I'm, when it comes to like brand work and if I am asked to like help with casting or finding writers for a photo shoot I'm pretty intentional about making sure that um the you know the writers are diverse that you know we have people of color riding bicycles um and again that goes back to like representation mattering um and showcasing like you know especially women of color getting rat on bikes. So I have that conversation with like clients like, Hey, who, what are you thinking? Like, you know, like, you know, I ask them what their goals are for the images or like what their goals are for like, you know, the project. And then, you know, also explain my goals too on like who we should be showcasing on bikes. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess that's one way I bring intention. Like, Um, And sometimes, like, you know, they already have, like, people, like, um, you know, they they already have, like, writers casted, or, sorry, they have already writers selected or whatever, but if I'm given the opportunity, like, I'm, yeah, I'm very intentional about who I ask to be in photo shoots. Absolutely. Yeah. I always joke that we are a casting agency. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, like, finding diverse athletes or models in yeah. Northwest Montana can be sometimes challenging, but yeah, oh. totally. It's challenging here too. I'm going to start charging an extra fee for casting. <laughs> oh, big time. Yeah. So much, so much energy and time. And, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's, oh yeah, that's a great topic, which is like, what, what have you learned that you weren't, um, I don't know. What are you surprised that you've learned? while breaking off and into your own career, um, not based on working as an, at an agency, but like as a, your own boss. Hmm. Um, so I guess one of the things people don't really talk about a lot, or at least like, you know, in terms of being a photographer, a professional photographer, it's actually a lot of all like the paperwork and planning and um, I guess sort of um, management stuff you have to do, <laughs> you know, because like if you're working, like, let's say if I like as a graphic designer, or whatever, and I'm at like, 
at an agency or a studio, like someone's managing, like getting clients and dealing with the invoicing and coming up with contracts and all that. Like, um, as an independent photographer, like I'm doing that all myself, you know, um, I'm negotiating, negotiating for myself, negotiating for like the models rates, um, you know, putting together all the contracts and all that stuff. Like, it's just like all like the not very sexy stuff of photography, you know, and all the planning, just like, okay, where are we going to like, I mean, a lot of the projects too that I work on are pretty small. And so, you know, we all have to like, you know, myself and then like the client that I'm working with, you know, we're doing everything ourselves. And a lot of times it's just kind of scrappy. So like, you know, I'm also doing casting and like location scouting and, you know, like making sure like we have enough meals for everyone, you know, like things like that, like, Mm -hmm. which like, I know with like bigger shoots, there's like someone who does all that stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of times I'm doing that. (laughs) So yeah, there's definitely a lot more planning and strategizing. Um, um, yeah. When you're like an independent photographer. Oh yeah. 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 We have one person, (laughs) we have two people on staff here at Wheelie who, plan things they run logistics they get permits um and then we try to make it as easy as possible on the photographers and the athletes yeah that sounds awesome yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe we'll get to work with you and then you can just roll in like a rock star that would be so rad (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's really fun though um I guess I'm curious like when you when you go to shoot something like I see a little I see some commonalities in your work which is like um these very authentic emotions like people's facial expressions like how do you carry yourself behind the lens to capture the essence of these people um so I guess it depends on sort of the scene or what's happening a lot of times I'll ask people to just pretend that I'm not there even though I am obviously there Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's one way and so I'm just trying to capture something that's like actually happening um and then other times it'll be um I don't want to say stage but like if I see someone doing something that I thought was like really cool I'll be like hey can you try doing that again you know I just kind of I guess kind of direct the scene a little bit Mm -hmm. um if that makes sense um yeah, that's, yeah, and then I also, like, um, I don't know, I guess I just try to be, like, really chill and approachable, so that way everyone is comfortable, and, like, at the beginning of every project, um, I guess I try to also lay out guidelines on how, like, some, how you should also behave, because sometimes, um, you know, people just start kind of doing their own thing and you're like wait that's not what I want you know (laughs) if that Mm -hmm. makes sense so it's like you know I just try to say hey this is the vibe we're looking for like strong but happy camaraderie like working together you know um yeah I think just like kind of laying out those guidelines um and and telling them what telling the writers like what you're looking for and sometimes you know they're just going to be doing their own thing which is just natural and that's okay too like a lot of times that's what we want, but sometimes, um, you know, like for instance, I'll have a writer who's just going to like totally be handing it up and like looking at me and doing all these crazy things in front of the camera. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 don't do that. Just like, you know, like 
pretend you and your friend are just out on a like casual bike ride and you do not see me and you're just having a conversation about, about whatever. So yeah, sometimes it's like me directing them and then other times it's like just capturing whatever is like natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. A nice balance of both. Yeah, balance of both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes, I mean, because, and I think also some people, especially if they're not like um, used to working in front of the camera, they might feel like they're having a good time, but their face might not express it. They might look like, you know, they might just kind of be, they might just have like a very neutral face. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I have to like, hey, like maybe, you know, maybe crack some jokes or just get them to laugh a little bit. Um, I guess that's another thing, too, is just getting people comfortable in front of the camera. No, I think I think that like having there, there's so much customer service that comes from behind the camera. Yeah. Of, like, making making people feel comfortable. And then you're looking at a million things, too. You're looking at the lighting, the framing. Yeah. Um, kind of like what you're inspired by, what the athlete is capable of, like so much goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think being able to like have those interpersonal skills to make someone laugh is so important or like, you know, capture the essence of the shoot. The yeah. Person. Yeah. I think, yeah. Just being like being just communicating, you know, I think is really important. And especially in a way that's like very um, approachable and friendly. Like, cause I, I do talent work a lot too. And, I work with some people. I'm like, what do you want me to do? You know, you're just like kind of, I don't know, you know, so I love having a little bit direction. Um, and so I get what it's like to be in front of the camera. Oh, you've been in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. Just, I guess having that experience like is really helpful as a photographer. Cause I know what it's like to not have someone, tell you what to do or to talk to you in a way that isn't as friendly so um yeah I just try to make it like a very pleasant experience for everybody oh I love that (laughs) and it shows in your work right like your work is really fun thanks yeah I think too because it's like if if the writers are not if the yeah if the models are not having fun then it's gonna show you know like, even if they're going to pretend to have fun, it's going to show that they're not having fun. And so you just got to make sure, like, you know, the vibes are are cool, you know, if that makes cool. Yeah, yeah, if they're cool. Yeah, cool vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. Um, what is a piece of advice you would give to, I guess, brands when they are wanting um, – they're wanting to integrate more people of color into into their brand. Um, I think the biggest thing is paying a fair rate. Um, like having to ne- yeah, it's like that's really challenging having to like negotiate for like talents rate. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I find it really frustrating because I'm just like, you want people to be in front of the camera, you have to pay them a fair rate. Like, I don't know. Like, so I think a big part of that is like making sure they're getting paid. Um, I guess may also wanting to know their intentions and why they want people of color like in their in their images in their marketing. I mean, you know, it's got to be like legit, like, because you genuinely care about representation, you genuinely care about diversity, 
and it's not something tokenizing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. A lot of our, um, a lot of our listeners are marketing managers or brand managers Mm -hmm. or other creatives. And so I know, you know, well, I'd like to assume most intentions are really positive when it comes to like BIPOC work. And so hopefully, um, hopefully that's true, but I think, yeah, I think, I think it's really important who's behind the lens as well as who's in front of the lens. Yeah. I also think too, like also being really like, I don't know, like it's, so as someone who has been in front of the camera, like, and you know, the, the person, like the client or whatever that I'm like working with, you know, they want diversity, but then it's like, not just having like, you know, a white person and then like a person of color, like, like that's like, for me, that's not enough. Like ideally it's like the whole like cast or all the writers are all diverse and like divert, like, and they're not all just like one type of race or all like different races, you know? Um, like for me, that would be like, that's like really important to like showing genuine diversity, not just like, Oh, we have one Brown person. That's it. You know, or like, you know, one woman, that's it. Like we've, you know what I mean? Like they're just like, yeah, it just, everyone has to be like genuinely diverse and also not just like with, um, with race, but also like body types too, you know, like cyclists come in all shapes and sizes. Like it's not just like having like the super skinny, like, um, like athletic build, you know, some people Mm -hmm. are also curvy, you know, and super strong, like, you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah, showing that kind of diversity too is also really important. Yeah. And, and diversity of age. Yeah. It's kind of like a a good thing to show too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And where, where can people find you online? We'll put it in the show notes. Um, so for my adventure work, it is grichelle.photos. Um, studio stuff, grichelle.studio. Um, and then my Instagram is at grichelle. Um, that's the perk of having a very unique name. I have all the domains. Yeah, you do. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and that's spelled G-R-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-E. Yep. Check her out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And um, that was that was really fun. Awesome. I hope to work with you in the future. Yeah, I hope to work with you too. This was great. Thank you so much for having me. This was, yeah, really, really, really fun. <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Grichelle, and joining us on Outside by Design. To all our amazing listeners, please leave us a review if you haven't yet. It really helps us get to more listeners. And you can find us at wheeliecreative.com slash podcast or at wheeliecreative on Instagram. Give us a follow and give Grichelle a follow as well to enjoy her beautiful, beautiful work. And with that, we will see you next week. Thank you so much.